So welcome. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to chat with me today. We're really excited that you were going to be the feature in our inaugural NFHS Women's Leadership Newsletter. In terms of leadership and service, your background speaks for itself, but tell me a little bit about it and how did you get your start? Well, my goodness, um, I'm happy to be here. Uh, my, my background in terms of how I got my start really goes back to when I was a student athlete and, and I uh, also played the violin. So I was also involved with orchestra and, and clubs and things. And I just remember enjoying my high school experience so much and appreciating my teachers and coaches and the impact that they had on my life that I decided I wanted to become a teacher and a coach. And while I was enjoying those experiences as a participant, I was also very aware that a number of kids were not engaged in those kinds of programs and activities in high school. And I don't think they were having the experience that they could have had in high school. I don't know if they, what they were feeling, but they didn't seem happy. They didn't seem that they felt valued. And I remember thinking that was even more reason why I wanted to become an adult professional who could be a teacher and a coach. Um, I did that and um, thoroughly enjoyed being a teacher and a coach for many years. And then the leadership bug kind of bit me. So as I got my master's and subsequent degrees, I uh, was able to assume the role of an athletic director in a high school for a little while and then um, went into school administration. I became a middle school assistant principal and uh, then a high school principal for many years. And while I was doing that, I was also very involved with our state association, which was both principals and athletics and activities. Um, did a lot of things for them. And uh, one day I was on my way there. I arrived at the office to chair the sportsmanship committee meeting. And my predecessor at the office uh, called me into his office at the time. And, and he said he wanted to speak with me. And he was a man of few words, uh, so I was a little nervous about what he wanted to speak about. And basically he said, you know, he, did I know he was retiring? And, and I said, yes. And he said, would you be interested in my job? So I was absolutely flattered and was able to go through the process and, and become the executive director in Connecticut for eight years. While I was doing that, I was all the while still involved with the USOC at the time. Um, with USA field hockey and with national work with the national AFERD organization at the time. And so I was still doing national level kinds of things and was just always excited about that sort of platform to, to do the professional work. And so after eight years in Connecticut, the national job opened up the Federation and I threw my hat in the ring and was blessed to be able to be selected two years ago. You talked about teachers and coaches along your way. Who would you say was your inspiration? Well, certainly my teachers and coaches, and there were many. Um, but my, my greatest role model is actually still my best friend. And she lives back in Connecticut with her family. Um, but she was the principal that hired me very early in my career as a teacher and a coach. And she was a great teacher and a coach and athlete in her day. And I just watched how she... Um, led our school and interacted with people and taught at the collegiate level. She just did so much professional uh, work and influence. And so I knew I wanted to, to model myself after her. 
but I also had many people that lived a long time ago who paved the way for you and me and anyone who, who reads this newsletter. Um, some of the women who are role models are no longer with us, but I was blessed to be able to meet them while they were alive. Um, and then certainly I even, I, I choose younger people to be my role models who enter the profession with great potential and great energy. And they're an inspiration just because they're coming in with such enthusiasm and commitment and dedication. Um, and I think that's such an inspiration to know that they're coming in to, into this pipeline. So role models are, are past, present and future. How important do you think it is for females to have other female mentors along their journey to help them get where they're going? It's extremely important, extremely important. Um, not that we shouldn't have male role models or model ourselves after just great leaders or people in general, but um, you know, women are different from men. We're different and that's just it. So, and I, and I think especially in our profession, sport and activities, which have traditionally been male-dominated professions, we as women really need to find um, critical friends in one another, role models, and certainly examples where women have been able to progress through a professional ladder and you know, reach their aspirations in terms of um, their positions and professions. So, but women, um, I think we, we have a long way to go still in terms of equity in numbers, equity in pay, equity in influence, um, equity in the media. Um, and so I think by finding one another and collaborating, commiserating, we can help one another collectively and exponentially to grow the influence of women in general. Um, we can't do that if we're all in our own lane. Um, so I think role models and, and critical friends are absolutely vital. Yeah, you always hear you can't be it until you see it. So I think mm -hmm. we'll, we'll definitely agree with that. What would you say has been your greatest professional challenge that you've had to overcome? I think the greatest um, is being able to be a woman in a, a career that is so heavily male dominated um, because you, you know it all the time. Mm -hmm. you, you walk into a room and very often, especially now, you know, at a national leadership level, and there have been many occasions I'm the only woman in the room. And there have been times when I'm the only woman in the room and I'm also one of the youngest in the room. Um, you know, and, and now you're working with leaders in professional sport organizations and national sport organizations, and that can be intimidating. So I have to always tell myself to walk in, be graceful, be warm, um, be a listener, don't be afraid to ask questions, and don't be afraid to remember how you got here and the work that you did to get here. And the sleep that you lost <laughs> to get here and, and, and that, you know what, you, you influence people yourself. You, you, you can offer things. And the most important thing we can offer is genuinely who we are. And that is strength. 
no matter how smart we are or experienced we are compared to anyone else in the room, and certainly no matter our gender, we can walk in and offer ourselves. And, and that is something that no one can discredit or discount. You talked about strength. What would you say is your greatest, your greatest character trait that has helped you? Would you say it's strength or is there something else? I think my, my greatest character trait in terms of how it's helped in my career is I think an ability to genuinely communicate with people, um, to listen and to understand their perspective and then to try to assimilate what I've learned, whether it's through experience or through education with someone else's situation and use that to communicate and collaborate and involve people in how a decision is made or a new direction is taken. So as a leader, you become a guide on the side, not the sage on the stage. And I, I think just by understanding people and communicating with people well, that can really help you in your career. It can help you in your work. It can help you when you have a problem. And it can help you when you honestly are facing a direction that you're not sure about which way to go. <laughs> and maybe it's a new direction that an organization's never gone. So you need people to help do that. So it's yeah. kind of a long-winded answer to why it's important to understand people and communicate in a way that engages them. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, wow. Or young. Yeah. Leaders. Yeah. There, there's, you know, you definitely make mistakes along the way. Um, I would say while you want to grow and take advantage of things, don't move too quickly that you forget to pause and stay in touch with people. So many times I'm laying in bed at night and my head is spinning about the day. And it's, it's not so much about details of meetings as it is about the people and what I didn't say or the people that are on my list. I have this list. Hold it up. And this is literally a list of, of 30 people that I want to communicate with. Email, text something. Pay attention to that list. Um, because those relationships are more valuable than gold. And I think if we move too quickly, sometimes we, we forget to stay in touch with the people that helped us or gave us a leg up. And I would, I would say to my younger self, um, don't lose those people. Stay in touch with those people. I sit in this office in Indianapolis now, and I think I owe this journey to so many people that I still, I, I want to not lose. That's powerful advice. I would definitely agree. Um, now to wrap up the interview, I would just like to switch gears into more of a fun little quick questionnaire as well. So if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? Barack Obama. Good choice. Absolutely. Sticking with food a little bit. If you could only have one food or meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? 
Um, it has to be Kraft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Very random yeah. choice, but I like it. Maybe with some chicken in there. <laughs> yeah. Little protein. Yeah. What is the theme song of your life? Hmm. It's a great question. Yeah, I think that one would stump me a little bit. It would, boy. Okay, Desert Island album. Pick a whole album of one album you can listen to. That's a little easier. <laughs> you know what? It would have to be um, Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I, we grew up listening to that. So it's, it reminds me of my family. If I was alone on an island, I'd want to remember my family. It would, that'd be a little connection, yeah. Yeah. Mostly, I've never heard it, so. Um, it's worth it. <laughs> I'll listen to it later. What is your biggest pet peeve? I think it's, um, it's being with people that don't take the time to listen to other people or pay attention to other people there. It's, it's being with people that are very much about themselves. Um, and, and you can tell they're just not interested in mm -hmm. embracing this opportunity to make new friends, mm -hmm. to learn and to value someone else's experience. That's what really gets me is self-centered people. I would agree with that. So this is an odd year to be asking this question, but what is one thing you'd like to cross off your bucket list this year? Hmm. Pandemic aside, if you could do any of the things. <laughs> yeah. Um, my goodness. I, you know, that's a great question because I feel like I've been able to do so many things in life. Um, meanwhile, one of the things on my bucket list is learning to drive a tractor trailer. So oh, I wow. would really like to do that. It may not seem like a big thing on a list, but I grew up until eighth grade on a farm. So I've always been really, I mean, we learned to drive tractors and things when I was a kid. And I've always wanted to drive the biggest thing you could drive. <laughs> Tractor trailer. Tractor trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Two more questions. What is your spirit animal? Horse. Mm, I guess I should have seen that one coming. Yes. What three words would you most want people to use to describe you? Compassionate. Intelligent. And well-rounded. Good word choices. So thanks so much for chatting with me today. I really enjoyed getting to know more about you personally and on a professional setting. I'm glad you were able to make the time. Thank you, Andrea.